That is SML Inside the Pages with Pastor Carl Henderson, presented by Cornerstone Apostolic Church, located at 524 East Pasadena Street in the city of Pomona, California. Today is Sunday, August 22nd, 2021. This is your hostess, Sister Maria. We believe the Bible is the Word of God. Therefore, we are faithful, we are bold, we are the church. We believe the best way to face opposition is by obedience to the Word of God. Our Sunday morning worship begins at 8 a.m., Tuesday Bible study, 7 p.m., Thursday Acts of the Holy Ghost. If you are looking for a church home, looking for ministry or growth, we invite you to join us, grow with us, and allow God to be God. The next voice you would hear after the song of praise and worship will be our pastor and yours, Pastor Carl Henderson. Join us in praise and worship as we welcome the word of God. Yourself before the presence of the Lord. 
something I think that, that at this moment 
we all need to pray and ask God to what is his will in our life. We all need to be conscious and walk with a conscious awareness of where we are with him. And so we're going to go before the Lord in a word of prayer. And I'm not going to be long this morning, but I'm certainly not going to be short even when it comes to giving what is needed for the nurturing of the soul. And so with that being said, let's go before the Lord in a word of prayer. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you, Lord, for your goodness and grace. We thank you for your mercy, for your kindness, for how you have kept us throughout this to the, and brought us back at this appointed time. Lord God, we honor you for who you are, for what you have done. Lord God, we certainly want to recognize and hallow your name as you have asked us to do. Lord God, you have given us a name that is above every name. Lord God, a name that has brought salvation unto us. And we're here to seek you, not as for things, Lord God, but we ask that you would continue to bless and nurture us. Lord God, help us to walk holy before you, to be found worthy, Lord God, to stand in your presence. Lord God, I pray and ask that you would touch the unspoken request. You know the need of each individual. You know, Lord God, what the desire is, and we pray that that desire lines up with your word. Lord, I pray and ask that you would touch those that are sick in their body, those that cannot be in service, Lord God, but their heart and their mind, their soul, is there. Lord God, those, oh Lord God, for whatever the reason is that, Lord God, it's uncontrollable, whether it is, uh, whether they found, Lord God, in incarceration, whether they are found, oh Lord God, in the hospital, Lord, or found, Lord, just in a place where they cannot move because of the political agenda, Lord God, but yet they are calling upon your name, Lord. I ask that you would bless them. Lord Jesus, we know that you're concerned about those situations. Father, we pray and ask that you not only remember, Lord God, but bless, Lord God. Send your goodness. Your goodness leads men to repentance. Lord God, if there's any sin among us, if there's anything that has been done or said that is outside of your will and has not been taken care of, we pray and ask your forgiveness. We pray and ask, oh Lord God, so that we can uh, be found, Lord God, faithful unto you, that we may hear your voice say, well done, good and faithful servant. Lord, I ask these blessings in Jesus' name. Amen. Bless you, Lord God. Amen. We're going to go, uh, we're going to go into the word of God, and certainly he is worthy of all praise. He is worthy of our presence. He is worthy of our mindset. Uh, you know, and uh, air cornerstone, one of the things that is taught, and you've heard it talk over the airwaves and during conventions and different things that uh, our presence in the assembly is for us to present ourselves unto the Lord. You know, I had a chance to think about some things, so I've rehearsed some things in my mind recently on how we conduct ourselves, and uh, and it's not just uh, a present thought because I'm sure that in this little life that I've had, it has been brought to my attention numerous times, but now there is a realization of what has been, uh, even more so of what has been exhorted, preached, taught, uh, instructed, uh, to not just to me as an individual, but to the entire assembly. 
And so we want to be mindful of those things, and I'm definitely going to rehearse them in your hearing as much and as needed uh, so that we're all on the same page. We're all on one accord. We're in the book of Revelation, and I hope that you have told someone that where we are, certainly thank God for those that have been uh, attending uh, near and far, those that are on certainly in the airways or podcasts, uh, listening uh, to the teaching and how the word has spread and the, and the association and the attendance of the teaching has been great. And so uh, we're going to continue that until we reach the end of our destination. And who knows? Uh, we don't know, but God may call you. I believe that somebody, I was watching a movie and in the movie, and you may have heard this phrase said before, but uh, the, the, the criminal, the, the, um, the person in the movie uh, who was there having a, a moment and he wanted to extinguish a movement that was going on, and he said, I hate Christians. Uh, they want to go to heaven, but they don't want to die. Now, that was in the movie, but um, the truth is, is in order to exit out of this time, you're going to transition. And either it is going to be by way of the grave or by the rapture. And so uh, it's going to happen. And without anyone telling you that, you see people leaving here constantly, not necessarily by sickness, but just the mere fact that it is time to go. So we know that life is a temporary assignment and we must be prepared for that. And the only way to be prepared is to live right. The Bible said, as the tree falls, that's how it lays. And so therefore, if you, uh, however you are, whatever fruit that you are bringing forth, and I hope that it is fruit meat for the master's use. And let me tell you, a tree does not bring forth sweet and bitter fruit. It brings forth the fruit that it is. And so uh, you can tell a tree, you can tell a person by their labor, by their work and what they do as far as who they are. And that is from the word of God. And so we're in the book of Revelation. We're going to the third chapter, beginning at the 14th verse. So if you have your device, if you have your paperback, you know, uh, whatever you're using to meditate, to get into the word of God, I want to you. I want to encourage you. I insist that you go there. And so Revelation 3, 14, beginning at the 14th verse, it says, and unto the angel of the church of the Laodiceans, write, these things saith the amen, the faithful, the true witness, the beginning of the creation of God. I know thy works, that thou art neither cold nor hot. I would thou were cold or hot. So then because thou art lukewarm, neither cold nor hot, I will spew thee out of my mouth. Because thou sayest I'm rich and increase with goods and have need of nothing. And knowest not that thou art wretched and miserable, poor, blind and naked. I counsel be to buy of me gold tried in fire, that thou mayest be rich, white remnant, 
that thou mayest be clothed, and that the shame of thy nakedness do not appear. And anoint thy eyes with eye salve, that thou mayest see. As many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. Be zealous, therefore, and repent. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come in to him and sup with him, and he with me. To him that overcome will I grant to sit with me in my throne, even as I also overcame, and I am set down with my father in his throne. He that have an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Just want to take a thought this morning, and that is com comfort breeds complacency. Comfort. We get so comfortable that it begin that we become satisfied where we are. Comfort. We get so comfortable. Just just comfortable, you know, that uh, you you've been if you've been in church any any length of time, you know that when you you come in, you look in a certain place and you know that that chair over there is where mother uh, rooster used to sit at. And if she's not there or somebody sat there, you even give them a strange look like you shouldn't be sitting there. That belongs to Mother uh, Rooster. Uh, but it, it, that's too much comfort. That's too much comfort. Uh, you become so comfortable, too comfortable in the house of God that, uh, that we get to the point where we feel that when we show up that we're doing God a favor. And he's the one that grew breath in your body. For you to breathe, for you to be able to move. He's the one that stimulated the function of your heart so that the blood could move throughout your limbs and organs and uh, stimulate those functions. He's the one that caused the sight and everything that there is uh, to give us a reasonable portion of health, uh, to give us a reasonable amount of strength so that we could do those things. But yet comfort makes us feel satisfied where we are. And so therefore it breeds a complacency. He said unto the angel of the church of the light of sins, write, these things saith the amen and the faithful and true witness that uh, the beginning of the creation of God, the word, this is the word that is speaking. In the beginning was the word and the word was with God. And without him was not anything made that was made. And so he said, I know thy works, that thou art neither cold nor hot. I would that thou were cold or hot. I, I would that you would be in uh, either you're cold, either you're hot. But uh, Pastor Lattice, I, I need you to understand. I, I know where you are. I see you right where you are. And the saints of Lattice, you need to be aware, too, because the message is to the leadership. It is to the pastor. And the pastor has to then receive what is being said, digest it, and give that information to those that are listening. To then provide that same information without change. Without change. We don't change the word of God when, he send, when God sends a message. We don't change the wording of it. We don't change what has been said to fit our 
uh, how we want it to be said. No, you give it the way God said it to be done. When God sends a dream or vision, he said, tell a dream as a dream. And we should tell those things just as we see them and not add to them or take away from it. And so the message is to Pastor Laodicea. That's who I'm calling him, Pastor Laodicea. And to the saints of Laodicea, he said, I see you too, and I know thy works. Now, many will say, don't judge me. And we've all heard that, and some of us used it jokingly, and others have used it with all sincerity. But know this, that God judges the righteous, and he is angry with the wicked every day. And if he turn not, he will wet his sword. He have bent his bow and made it ready. The term lukewarm is usually a reference to a food or liquid that is being served moderately warm. It's cool. It's not uh, as you expect. You know, we, we had a wonderful time out eating yesterday, and we expected to receive uh, our meals to be hot. And everyone or anyone would have been disappointed if you would have received a uh, your chicken would have been cold or, you know, your, your, your waffles would have been all uh, such that when you put the butter on it, they wouldn't melt. Uh, but the food was hot. It was prepared and presented to the table in the right fashion. But in this instance, uh, lukewarm to the church of Laodicea means that there has been a loss of enthusiasm. How is your enthusiasm this morning? How do you feel about the Lord and your commitment unto him? Is it business as usual? Is it the same old, same old? Has the enthusiasm been lost? Where is the intensity? Are you eager to serve the Lord? Uh, even interested in serving him? Some have come to the point where it's just that I'm saved now. And I, I'm all right. I, I'm, I'm, I'm saved. I'm good. I'm good. Yeah, you know. And I, I really don't, you know, we use that term, I'm good, but... Uh, but just to clarify, when, is that when I say I'm good, or when you ask somebody and, uh, and they say they're good, they're content. You know, and contentment in that area just don't work very well. Uh, I'm good. Uh, when you're on the job, I'm good. Well, you'll never be promoted. Uh, when uh, athletes, those that have been working out for the Olympics, uh, if you talk to them, good is not enough. Uh, because good just means that you're barely meeting the requirement. And so you got to press past good in order to be great. And so the same with being saved. You got to press past that mentality of just being good. I'm good. I'm good. I'm all right. I'm blessed. You know, uh, in other words, you're saying, leave me alone. Uh, don't, don't dig into nothing. Don't, don't go there. Uh, but listen, that's not what God is doing. And that's not what God has to say. We have talked about the churches of Latter, uh, of the, not just the church of Laodicea this morning, but what about the church of Sardis, the church of Pergamos, the church of Thyatira? Uh, those churches had interesting messages that was presented to them. Each one of them felt that I'm all right. I'm okay. And from the outer appearance of what God had said, they looked all right to many. People drive down the street and looked at those churches and said, wow, you know, they, they're growing pretty big. And so they must be all right. Uh, you know, uh, they... they uh, they, they always got something function uh, going on there. They must be okay. They must be in the will of God. And so the Bible describes in all of the churches, even today, fit in one of those categories of either you, and I'm not telling you that, that oh my God, that, let, me, let me phrase this the right way. 
It's not about pastors. It's not about your opinion of what you think your congregation is. It comes down to what God has to say about it. What is God saying about the church? What is God saying about this church? What is he saying about that church? What is he saying? What is God's opinion about it? Not yours, not mine, but God's opinion. What is God saying about his temple, about his house of prayer, about the assembly, about the leadership? When God sent this message to John, uh, John is, is uh, John had no idea what he was being, what he was about to be asked to do. John's concern was that I'm on the Isle of Patmos for the testimony of Jesus Christ, for the word of God, for not yielding myself, not falling into a comfort zone where I become complacent. And I became a castaway. I became cast out by men only to receive a revelation of, the, of the, the condition of churches worldwide. Church of Laodicea, where is your enthusiasm at? This is what God is asking. When he weighed it out, you look good. Uh, what did the word of God say? You look very well on the outer appearance. You sound good. Uh, people look at you and you look well to do. However, he told them that you, you might appear rich uh, to others, but you're what? Wretched, miserable, poor, blind, naked. Oh my God. What is God saying to others? Well, the Bible goes on to let us know that this church uh, was compassed about, just as you and I are compassed about with a great cloud of witness. Uh, this witness surround uh, by those surround those that keep the faith. The observation was made, and it was said that they had lost their enthusiasm. They serve an appearance, not the Lord. It can be an appearance. It can look good from the outside. But on the inside, we heard that one church was decaying severely. It can look good from a distance. But when you get close, you'll see that uh, that is being consumed by termites. It's being consumed by uh, wood beetles. It's being consumed and it's not as good as it looked. You can uh, become so comfortable that you serve a tradition and not God. This is the way we've always done it. This is what happens. We go to church and the minister puts on his robe. We go to church and the choir sings a song. We go to church and they speak, uh, 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 let me just cover it all, uh, and they speak in Latin. We go to church and they run up and down the aisles. Uh, uh huh. We go to church and and they sit quietly, nobody makes a noise, but they're uh, very uh, uh, into the service. We go to church, I, I think I've covered just about every denomination, uh, just about everybody uh, in those few words. And so, uh, but uh, uh, God is looking and says that there's a problem. There is a problem. There's a problem Thank you, Lord. that needs to be addressed. 
It is the grace of God that he brings these things to each of our attention so that it can be addressed. He then segues. So then because thou art lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will spew thee out of my mouth. So then is the segue into what happens next. Uh, there should never be a, 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 a ignoring of that segue. You might be talking to someone and they give you an outline of a person's characteristics and then they use the word but. Uh, you can't ignore that. You can't ignore that. Just like you can't ignore uh, so then. Uh, and so uh, and, and there were other words that God had used about the churches. One church, he said, nonetheless. Another church, he said, I have a few things against thee. Another one, he said, because. Another, he's told, notwithstanding, meaning that there is something to be changed. We can't walk around haphazardly. Uh, I'm, oh, bless you, Lord God. We can't walk around haphazardly and just thinking that it's all right. Uh, churches have become uh, motivational uh, stations instead of soul-saving stations. Uh, the Bible told the church, God told the disciples, and the disciples passed it on to other believers that we should preach remission of sin in his name. We should preach remission and repentance of sin. Well, you can't, if you are just motivating someone to do better, you can't do that properly by the gospel without addressing sin. You can't do that properly without talking about repentance. You can't do that properly without letting a person know that your soul is at risk of being separated from God throughout eternity unless you make a change. Are you with me, church? The Bible says that uh, 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 these are uh, these words. It lets us know that these words are life-changing words. And the outcome is ultimately determined by you. Uh, you can claim that I'm all right with God, but what is he saying? Uh, you, you know, it's like uh, uh, those that are chasing the stars. Uh, they, they, they can tell you all the stats about, uh, about Kobe Bryant. They can tell you the stats about Charles Barkley. Uh, Charles Barkley. <laughs> they can tell you the stats uh, about uh, their NFL player and their favorite team member. But they can't tell you about the stats of God. They can't tell you, I'm, yes, I'm a believer. Yes, I'm a believer. I believe in Jesus Christ. He's a giver of all life. But that's it. It's just a song. What about the stats of what God has done in your life? We can talk and tell about the stars and everybody else and things become famous. I was talking with someone and they, they, they were talking about the, uh, uh, the Crocs. You, you know, some of you wear Croc shoes. And so there was a, you know, those are some uh, considered some not very attractive shoes, but they may be comfortable. I don't know. I don't, I don't have a pair. Maybe some of you. But listen, there was one of the artists, and their mind evades me right now, but one of the artists put on a pair of the shoes and all of a sudden it blew up. And so there is a popularity in certain areas of the shoe. And not only is there a popularity, uh, there is now uh, ornaments that you can put on your shoes and fix them up and all of that. 
uh, you know, to make them look. But it blew up because of the starter. Well, the greatest star that you're ever going to see is God. The star of David. The greatest star that you're ever going to experience is the morning star, the bright morning star. And matter of fact, he even said that if you be wise, if you be wise, if you're obedient, if you follow, if you don't get caught in the comfort zone, that you yourself will shine like the stars of the heaven. Bless your Lord God. And so uh, uh, the, the attitude. A nonchalant attitude won't do it. Uh, that, uh, that's how uh, you become lukewarm, when it becomes nonchalant. You know, you start to push back. It becomes nonchalant. There's a lot of things that, that may be said that you don't want to agree with, but, and so you pick up the attitude and push back, and usually that is a result of sin in your members. Sin, and I'm talking about the member of the individual, your life. If you change from being nonchalant, Meaning that you transform according to Psalms 104 and 4. It says, who maketh his angel spirit and his ministers a flaming fire? He looked up and he's looking for a fire. Uh, he's looking for someone that's like him. Uh, for the Bible tells us that God is a consuming fire. And so God is looking for someone that is just like him. Somebody that's on fire for him. Somebody that's not afraid to say, for God I live and for God I die. Uh, God is looking for someone that, uh, that when he sees them, he sees himself. Many want to say, I'm a son of God, but they're lukewarm. Their, their pilot light is just about out. Many want to say, I'm a son of God. Uh, but when you look at them, the, instead of the coal burning bright, uh, it is now uh, turned black. And the only way you're going to see the coal is a little heat from it is if you break it open. And so there's a resistance because they don't want to be broken open. When you break something, that means that they got to give in and surrender to what is actually being shown. The Bible tells us that he makes his minister spirits and he makes them a flame of fire. How about you today? You might say, I'm not a minister of God. But I beg to different because the Bible says that we are ambassadors for Christ. And so there is a, a portion of ministry that has been extended to each of us. Uh, there are some that are administrators. There are others that are healers. There are others that are prophetess and teachers. There are others that are discerners and helpers. Uh, and so the ministry has been extended to everybody. And so when we look, uh, he's looking for a flame of fire. Uh, for the Bible uh, lets us know that he is a flame. And uh, we saw this back in Genesis where it says uh, uh, we're going to make uh, God speaking and says in his sorrowlessness uh, that uh, he's going to make man after his image. And uh, that man is not going to have uh, that man is not going to be afraid to have dominion over the things that he offered in order to have dominion over the things that are to come. Uh, and we'll get more into that as we dive into Revelation. It is that uh, you must not be afraid right now. Uh, the Bible said that if you deny me now, I'm going to deny you later. And so you got to take a bold stand for what is right. You got to take a bold stand for what is holy. As we saw in Ezekiel, the Lord told them that the ministers, those that serve him, must make a difference between that which is clean and unclean. 
must make a difference between that which is holy and unholy. Must make a difference between that which is. Oh my God, thank you Lord Jesus. Uh, my my, my uh, son, my grandson was asking me just the other day uh, about what is real. Uh, he said, what if we find out that all that we have believed upon uh, is not really the truth of the matter? And he wasn't talking about church. He was just talking about a theory that has been a discussion. And as we talked about it, I, I had to agree with him. I said, you know what? The day is going to come that all the things that you thought was not real, or, you know, there's going to be a reality check that when you open up your eyes, you're going to see things as they really are. It wasn't, it's not going to be the same as what it is right now in this moment. Because when you step out of the body, which is limited, you step into the spirit. And when you step into the spirit, then those things that were seen in partiality is now made full. And so when you see the fullness of those things, then you will understand that either I did what was right or I did what was wrong. Yes, thank you. Bless your Lord God. Thank you. When you step into that reality, it is either a high, well done, good and faithful servant, or it is a depart from me, I never knew you. Comfort breeds complacency. He said, because thou sayest, I am rich and increased with goods. I'm well to do. I'm doing all right for myself. Got me a little gig going on. Got me a few things. <coughs> a few friends, you know, don't really have need of nothing. You know, things break every now and then, but I'm able to get them fixed, you know. Relationships go south, you know, but I'm able to uh, get on with somebody. You know, I, I'm just I, I'm just living my life. You know, I'm doing me and, and, and I'm having a good time. And, and I believe in God. I believe in God. And, and so therefore, you have need of nothing. And thou are, but he said, but, but you need to pay attention, man. You need to pay attention. You wretched. You really miserable. In God's eyes, this is what God is saying. He said, you're wretched, you're miserable, you're really poor. You think you got, but you're really living beneath. You blind, you can't even see yourself. And you're naked, everything is open before me. The comfort of economic, financial, monetary game has led many to a false sense of security. Maybe longevity on the job has given you that false sense. Uh, and so uh, let's bring it on home. Maybe you're on the deacon board. Got a false sense of security. The mother auxiliary. Got a false sense of security. Well, I'm evangelist tutu. False sense of security. Well, I'm pastor and, and, and I, I false sense of security. Paul said that after I preach to others, I myself be a castaway. Why? Because of a false sense of security. Deacons were men full of faith. This is what the Bible describes them as being the characteristics of a deacon is supposed to have. Now, I've been in churches, I've been around, and I've seen where there was people that hold the title of deaconship that did not have, was not full of faith. They were not full of the Holy Ghost, and they did not have wisdom. But yet they had a title. They had a title because the, the pastor wanted to keep them there. They had a title because, oh, bless your Lord Jesus. 
because uh, it was something being built by a man instead of the spirit of God. Comfort uh, placed these men in deaconship and instead of them having faith, they gossip. Uh, they're wine builders and uh, running after gain. They, they got gain for other things. Mothers on the deacon board that are cougars don't belong there. They're supposed to be helping teach the young women. Instead, they're in competition with them. What kind of mess is that? To know that and allow it to exist. Uh, the Lord called them Jezebels. Uh, yeah, that's what the Bible said. Uh, matter of fact, uh, he talked about the spirit of Jezebel seduction. And, and so in and and some of the churches, Cumbria has allowed us to walk and talk too much. We walk into the church and don't know how to shut up. Go home talking about one another, talking about folks in front of the children and wonder why the children don't want to go to church. Wonder why the children don't want to be saved. Why the children are laughing at folks. Because they know what you have said on the cell phone. They know what you have texted. They know what you have, have said on Facebook. How is it they're going to be able to believe and you poison in their minds? God forbid, you wicked. You miserable. You blind. You naked. My God. Oh, bless your Lord Jesus. I believe that's a reason to, for the repent. Your children should see you repenting and on the altar and asking for forgiveness as well as then you zipping it up and not going down that path again. I was talking with somebody and learned very early that when you call them, you got to be careful in what you say. People have you on speakerphone so they can say, oh, I didn't tell them that, but they set the stage for it. Listen, there's some wicked stuff going on in the name of... And it's not the church. Let me say that again. It is not the church. Because when we say church, we're talking about the body of Christ. We're talking about the work of what he's done. No, what I just described is what individuals do within the, the, the corridor, within the building itself. And that is not the church. That's the individual that has not learned how to conduct themselves. They don't know how to keep themselves as the temple. Listen, talking too much, poisoning the children, poisoning the minds of others. Instead of relying on Jesus Christ as the author and finisher of faith, the pastors are being overwhelmed as if they are psychiatrists. I'm here today to tell you, I am not a psychiatrist. And I don't know many pastors that are and that hold such a doctrine degree to even claim that. What I am is a man of God and the spirit of God is the one that gives discernment to a situation. It is the spirit of God that identifies, that gives us an understanding and that's why the minister must stand in the presence of God. That's why the minister must go into that place. That's why when Moses went up the mountain to see the Lord, to meet with him, the elders that accompanied him had to stop at a certain place while the pastor went up higher to be fed of God. And while he was there, the Lord told him, get back down to the congregation because they running unruly. Uh-huh. He didn't tell it to the elders that accompanied him and had to stop along the way. 
He told it to the leader. Leader, the message is to you. The message to the churches of, of Asia is to you so that you can get the churches in order so that they can receive white women. Bless your Lord God. Laodicea, God is saying, get out of the comfort zone and restore humility. You know, humility is that thing that says I'm living for the vertical promises of God. He said, I counsel, I counsel thee to buy with me gold, tried and fire, that thou mayest be rich and white remnant, that thou mayest be clothed and that the shame of thy nakedness do not appear. And anoint thy eyes with eye salve that thou mayest see. Gold goes through a process. So sometimes it's going to get a little hot in here. Sometimes it's going to heat up in the church. Huh, thank you, Jesus. Sometimes it's going to heat up and it's going to seem unbearable. No, you're not in hell's kitchen at that time. It's going to heat up so that God can use what he wants to use to cause you to cause the thing, the impurities that is found within you, the valuable substance, impurities that is found within you to rise up so they can be scraped off the top. Buy me gold that's been tried in the fire. That's what he's looking for. The refinement process today can be done through acid. It can be done through electricity to dissolve the impurities. It can be done a numerous way. But then it was because the fire heated up. And it heated up in such a way that after it melted, it was transferred into another spot. So some will be transferred. Listen, uh -uh, yeah, uh-huh. Meaning that you're going to be moved. You're going to be changed as the fire heats up in order for the impurities that rise to be removed. He told him, Timothy, he said, listen, he said, some man's sins are open beforehand, going before judgment, and to some they're going to follow after. You want God to deal with your mess right now, not later. Don't worry around, I'm, I'm going to have all the fun and do all that I can do right now. Well, you may die in that situation. And however you fall, I don't care how many people stand up and say he was a good man. How many folks stand up and say she was the best friend. Oh, we had it going on. We had so much fun. And I know where she is right now. Stop lying. You better measure that by the word of God. Bless your Lord Jesus. I know this is sobering, huh? It's sober. But you need a sobriety check. All of us do. And I didn't make this up. It's written in the word of God. So it's a sobriety check for all of us. Shame of thy nakedness do not appear. God is not interested in embarrassing anybody. Neither will we walk around thinking about our failures in his presence. And so he tells them to anoint your eyes with eye salve that thou mayest see. Eye salve is a stimulant to revive a person with an unconscious condition or a long-term health condition that needs to be cured. That's what eye salve is used for. And he's saying, get some. Well, I don't know of any place to buy eye salve today. I don't know if, if CVS sells at Walmart, uh, you know, any of those places, Walgreens. But I tell you what, since he said buy of it, I'm sure that he has a supply. And since he has a supply of it, 
then I think that we should go to him and ask him. I think that, Matt, with as much as I have and could say, I think this is a good place to stop. I think that we all, I'm not one of those, those pastors, the preachers that, you know, I don't need to go to the altar. I spend time in God's presence. There's no requirement that is of God's people that is not of the shepherd as well. No, we're under shepherds. He's the chief shepherd. He's sovereign. I think we all, hmm, we all, everybody, need to search and look and say, ask God, Lord, you have the eye shaft. I don't want to be found naked before you. I don't want to be found undone. I don't want to go a day, another day, feeling that I'm all right. I want to know that I'm all right. I want to be able to, that your word stands next to me and, I be, and I'm, a, I'm a perfect mold to fit in what you design. I don't want to be like that 50%. Because uh, see, there was 100, there was 100 folks. Uh, let me put it this way, it was 100% because it was 10, but only 50% made it in. Out of those 10, five made and five did not. Five thought it was all right. They were comfortable. They were satisfied. I'm good. Uh, they, they was good. Whereas the other five said, no, I'm going to do extra. I'm going to carry enough with me so that I have more than enough. I think that's what we need to make sure that we have more than enough. Bless your Lord Jesus. Resting on your feet. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Jesus. I can pray and ask forgiveness of sin. The Bible has given that authority. But you need to pray and ask forgiveness. You need to pray and ask God to meet you and to make sure that you are worthy to stand in his presence. We know it's a process. Things don't happen overnight. And I'm not saying that as an excuse for anybody. I'm saying it's a moment by moment, a day at a time, step by step. It is every day that when we get up, we acknowledge him. Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness and his wonderful works unto the children of men. Oh, that we would worship him in the beauty of holiness. For the Father seeketh such as worship. He's looking for them that are concerned about their souls. He's looking for them that are caught up, that are caught up in situations that they don't know how to get out. He's looking for them, and we're the tools and the best of the instruments that he's going to use. We're the ones. But if we're in a situation, how are we going to help someone else? Bless you, Lord God. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for your word this morning, this short exhortation. Lord God, as we look at the church of Laodicea, as we remember the other churches, Lord God, Lord, we want to be found like those that are holding on. Those, Lord God, that are not complacent in their walk with you. Father, we pray and ask for your guidance. We pray and ask, Lord Jesus, that you would, as you told them to be tried of the fire, bring forth gold, 
Lord God, into the, the eye salve to healing. We pray for your healing, Lord God. We pray and ask that you would help us, Lord. Lord, we need your help. We know that we can't walk in your presence without you. We know, Lord God, that we can't do this by ourselves. And you have given your spirit to those that would ask and seek after you. Lord Jesus, those that are tearing for the Holy Ghost, fill them. Lord God, those, oh Lord God, that want to be saved, save, Lord. We ask these blessings in the name of Jesus. Lord God, words is not enough, but you know the hearts, Lord God. You know the repentance that is going on right now. You know the forgiveness that is being requested right now, Lord. We pray and ask for your help, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Lord, we be careful to give your name the praise and to give you glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Bless you, Lord God. Listen, if you have not been baptized in Jesus' name for the remission of sin, I want to encourage you to do that. Go to a church of truth and power near you and ask them to baptize you in Jesus' name for remission of sin. There is no other baptism for remission of sin, and you won't find any other in the scripture. Listen, I'm, we're going further, in, in, uh, but I have want to talk about just a little bit of a few things. Uh, some are listening from different locations in different areas, and so uh, certainly... Uh, we want to put it on your mindset that we're, uh, we're not sure of where everyone is. And I know that there are some that are seeking leadership, some that are. And so I want you to go to ConnectingTruth.org. That is ConnectingTruth.org. And send us your information so that we can send representation so that you can have the desired fellowship that you're looking for with Cornerstone. And so with that being said, we want to encourage you to continue to pray for us as we are praying for you in Jesus' name. If you have any questions, be sure to use the link. Use the connectingtruth.org link to email us questions, and I'll be sure to make sure that I answer them. But you have to ask in order to be to know. God bless you. Again, this is Pastor Carl Henderson of Cornerstone Apostolic Church located at 524 East Pasadena Street in the city of Pomona, California. Now may the grace of God and the sweet communion of the Holy Ghost rest, rule, and abide henceforth now and forevermore. In Jesus' name.